Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosowski. On today's show, I am joined, as usual, by my wonderful co-host, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad, thank you. So, we're going to talk about the Blood in the Snow Festival. And later on, I'm going to talk about a film that's, uh, that's streaming. And, uh, you know, I'll let you know what that is later. Um, but let's, yeah, we're going to start with the Blood in the Snow Festival, which has been running on the Super Channel. And it's still running. So, there's, you know, there's stuff to see. And uh, we're going to start with a film that we both saw. And let, quite simply, Courtney liked it better than I did. I didn't hate it, but he liked it much better. Yeah, it's always going to be that way when you have uh, festivals. We can't always agree on everything. But uh, the film that we saw was called Bleed With Me, and it's directed by Amelia Moses. And it's a film that's essentially a kind of cabin in the woods type tale. So you have these two uh, co-workers, Ronan and Emily, who go to the woods, and Emily brings along her um, boyfriend, Brendan. And they are, I guess cooped up in Amelia's family cottage for the weekend. And it's supposed to be just a nice relaxing weekend. And of course, strange things start to happen and Ronan starts to question her surroundings. And if there is some type of creature entity outside the house, inside the house, she's having these weird dreams of something taking blood from her while she sleeps and from there, the film kind of just evolves into like a slow burn psychological type horror where you're, you're never quite sure what's happening or whose version of events to, to believe. And I, I enjoyed it. I, I think it maybe because of how measured the pacing is, you know, it really is a character driven piece. And I was very interested in both of the women that were at the center of this film and I liked kind of not quite knowing where this film was going and Mm. you know even when the big reveal happens I was like okay I felt I felt satisfied watching that film not a not a like super gory film again it's more one that just kind of festers in your brain a bit and I found myself thinking about that premise a lot interesting yeah I think I think the problem that I had is it is a problem that I tend to have like um somehow my my consciousness just uh, craves great acting and when when i perceive that this is going to be a film where you know i'm going to rely on these actors to do a lot of the work to keep me engaged i didn't find that that was that was clicking with me that the characters did not click with me it, it, not just in the acting the acting is like the first level that just makes me go ah okay hang on and then i just found the characters you know their interactions were a little bit um self-consciously you know self-consciously announcing that this is a weird movie and this is a weird situation so that that is something but like i said i, I don't think people are watching things like like that I think that this is some weird perception thing that I have so I would not you know I would not not recommend the film I was just saying you know 
it's a, it is a slow burn and you you really have to believe in the situations and the people that's and that's perfectly reasonable for me i i like the performances like i i was willing to go with the the characters but again due to the type of film that it is i could easily see people not um, believing in the characters or the situation. Uh, as I said, the performances worked for me, but I could easily see them not working for, for other people. It, it really is a film that will equally intrigue audiences and I think divide audiences. And I think that's probably the best way to put it without revealing mm -hmm. um, many of the, the major twists. So, you know, I liked it. I, I still think it's worth checking out, but we can agree to disagree on, on that one. Yeah, um, no, I would say people check it out because, you know, if if you like psychological horrors, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say don't go. Mm -hmm. So and, it, you know, it's a really good um, film like this filmmaker. Um, you can see that she's really crafting. She knows how to craft uh, an interesting piece of cinema that it, even though it, it's moving along on a certain course, you know, still has surprises. Mm -hmm. And they they make sense in a way in the content, but even though they still, you know, scare you. Yeah. Another film that I saw was Shall We Play? And it was from director Anne Forey. And it's a film that I, I wanted to like more. It's a film about this young teenage girl who has, she's had some issues, let's just say. And she's now back on the the right course but things start to happen and she starts to have visions where she's seeing these two young girls almost like how you know in the shining there's that scene with the two you know so i was thinking about that kind of when i'm watching this film and to try and figure out what's going on she downloads this app which is kind of like a ouija board type app and through this app evil is unleashed in many ways. So it's very much a... Isn't that always the way with Ouija boards? Go play with Ouija boards. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it is the way. And it's also, there was another film that was released in theaters just the same week called Come Play, which was another, there might be a creature or some type of evil coming out through your mobile devices. And I understand with the way how technology is, you know, that is an aspect of horror that people are going to try and capitalize on. I just don't think this film worked that well in, in making the, that aspect, the supernatural aspects with the app uh, work as well. Like for me, the, the most fascinating parts and the most disturbing parts were when the film does commentary on what it is to be a teenage girl in an age of social media. Um, something happens to this girl with a boy that she likes while while she's in a drunken state he takes photos of her he and his friends and shares across school so she's there's that type of violation right and that when the film is dealing with that and the reaction to it it's actually really fascinating because it really speaks to the, the horrors that are, are are palpable but there's a lot going on in this film and of course you have to get back to the the, the app base and the supernatural and there's a few plot twist that you can see coming so i just felt like there was a, there's a lot going on in this film and this is another director that similar to the last one that we just discussed there's a lot of potential there like you could see mm -hmm. the talents there i just wish the story was much more focused um I, I feel like you can make a great horror film about 
technology and teens. Uh, this one just didn't quite hit the hit the mark for me. What was that called again? It's called Shall We Play? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you saw one, um, another one at the festival, that, which I, I didn't get a chance to see. It was a coming. Oh, come I through. hope you get to see this one. This one is good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one freaked me out <laughs> in a good way. Uh, it's called Come True. Uh, just a disclaimer to anyone who's listening. Uh, I don't, I don't watch the gory ones. <laughs> so this, anything I really, really like and uh, and tell you guys to see is not the gory style. So this is this is like a thriller, you know. Um, and it's, I guess, it, it like the like Bleed with Me is a psychological. Tr- thriller uh, it's more existentialist um so come true is directed by anthony scott burns um he also wrote the screenplay and it's about um a teenager she she's run away she has nowhere to live and uh kind of has the idea that well if she takes part in a sleep study at least she has a place to stay, to sleep and she has this reoccurring dream and that's pretty much like the the focal point of the film is the rea- the idea of reoccurring dreams especially hers we focus on hers but once she gets to the sleep study um we learn about other people's you know and, and i don't want to talk too much about that because that will will give stuff away um but um it's i, I really really thought it was uh, very very interesting it's very ambitious in scope because it's not just a thriller you know taking place now but it's also got this sci-fi element to it which will make much more sense when when you get into it um and in terms of examining the nature of nightmares and the impact they have on us um it's a really interesting study of that because she's got this one recurring nightmare. And when you look at the film, the way that that, the film makes that come to life, the way that the film opens that up is, it's it's really interesting how stylistically this, this is a very dynamic film stylistically because what it does is it takes the movement of the nightmare and it brings it into the, movement of the everyday or or vice versa like which one is it like you know they the camera movement um mirrors itself in a way that when you're looking at things it's my perception that this filmmaker right anthony scott burns he's manipulating how i'm looking not just at his story and how he's telling his story but now he's getting a lot more complicated in terms of how i'm perceiving the the nightmare part and the reality part and that's what i really loved about the film is is that it took the whole premise so much further you know and uh it starts to it it really freaks you out because it starts to get really it seems so simple but then by when you get to the end and you see what happens at the end you you experience that then i kept thinking of it then i'm still thinking about this film because then you realize that this is a lot more complicated. Um, I like the way that also the, the filmmaker divided the film into parts, which don't really make a lot of sense when you're first watching. Like there are parts that um, that talk about the individual, you know, 
and um, like a persona or some, you know, something like that. That's the name of the you know, part one or whatever. And then, so now with all that going on and, and the way it ends now, it makes me want to go back and watch it again and see if I can figure out more of how all that stuff, because it isn't, it, none of it feels false or out of place. And so this is one that I would recommend watching as many times as you can. Yeah. And, and it's, is it one that even though you'll probably get more out of it on the second viewing uh, for a first timer or a newbie to, to this film, will they still get Oh yeah. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. No, no. I'm just saying like, there's a bonus to this one. Mm -hmm. yes, you can yes. watch it. If you watch it again, you're going to get even more out of it. I'm like, it's, it's a completely satisfying experience. It's a completely freaky experience. Um, and that's why I'm still thinking about it a few days later. Um, it's, it's because it, it brings up a lot of questions and makes some connections. And even though there are otherworldly kinds of connections, they don't really have any basis in realism, like in my daily real life. We all have nightmares. And that we all, you know, this is this festival and this time of year, you realize that there's something spooky going on. And I'm not just saying that to freak people out, but I, I do believe that, you know, that there's something at the core of, of human beings where every, every society acknowledges that like, there's some sort of spooky something. Yeah. Right? Oh, that sounds very interesting. It's the, the film is not a societal, like a specific, you know, cultural thing. But anyway, it, it's, yeah, it's a very, very interesting film. Oh, excellent. Uh, I saw one other one at the festival and it's called The Return. And it was done by BJ Verrott. And it's a horror film that starts off as a, as a kind of ghost story type tale. So you have this young man, Roger, who has to return to his family home after his father's death. Then he brings his girlfriend, Beth, and his best friend, Jordan, along to, for moral support. And, you know, as he's putting affairs together and stuff, he starts to suspect that his father's death wasn't as cut and dry as everyone seems to think it was. And through a series of events, he realizes that his father's death might be related to some stuff that happened to roger when he was a child so the film touches on this whole aspect of repressed memories and you know both his parents were brilliant well, i know his mother was a scientist i forget what his father did but they were just geniuses essentially and you know there was the kind of whole pressure of living in that bubble of a family and something happens to the mother then there's a tragic accident with his sister so this whole family has kind of just been beset with with tragedy seemingly accidental or health what have you and now this film as we jump into it starts to question what happened so through flashbacks you get a lot of the the backstory and there's also this ghost i, I should say this black cloud mass of an entity <laughs> that is terrorizing the three young people although they don't quite realize it at first so you have all that going on and then there's a point where you realize that you're not really just watching a horror ghost where you're actually watching a horror sci-fi hybrid and i can't wow. delve too much into that without explaining things but there are there's some obvious nods to familiar 
tropes, both on the, mm-hmm. the gore story side and the sci-fi side. Like there's there's really a, a, a moment where you cannot help but think Ghostbusters. Just, <laughs> oh yeah. and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the director put that in as like a knowing nod yeah. and stuff, but it's, it, you know, it works. There's, the tropes are very familiar. Yeah, you kind of know how the film is going to be plotted out, but you're still engaged with it. The the sci-fi aspects are, are really interesting. And I think the the way how the cast is handles the material and just the way how the characters are written are, are quite good because his best friend, Jordan, is a female and she's kind of like the comic relief, but they also don't just make her like the butt of the it's like she's actually feels like a real person so even though she has a lot of these kind of snarky one-liners she still has moments that remind you she has been like a loyal friend to him for for decades you know and she kind of needs to be treated with a little more respect than self-absorbed roger is giving and there's just a lot of that going on but i, I thought it worked it's it's one by the end of it i i was entertained uh, mm-hmm. there's a few leaps in logic but again once you start delving into sci-fi even with horror sometimes but especially with sci-fi there tends to be a little more leaps in logic than a straight horror film and you know the special effects are are done well it's just just an entertaining film for for what it does Mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty ambitious but it still works so the leaps in logic are forgivable i think so that's the trick with leaps of logic as long as they're forgivable Mm -hmm. (laughs) forgettable and you're, you're taken, like you're drawn in anyway, right? Yeah. And there's That's one the moment where something happens and you the, the, it pretty much forget about a particular character for a bit. And then you, you have to remember, oh, yeah, they did kind of set it up so that the other people wouldn't be wondering what's going on over here. You know, <laughs> there's, there are ways that when you really think about it, a lot of it does work. But there are some moments, especially in the latter part, where you're like, okay, that just... That's a sci-fi trope that in any other sci-fi film would still not make sense, but we're, gonna, <laughs> we're just going to let it go. It's, it's okay. Cause I'm being entertained. <laughs> so what is the name of this entertaining piece of cinema again? So this one is called the return and it's and directed by BJ. I believe it's pronounced Verot or Vero. Um, so yeah, it's what, a, it's a good film. What category would you, okay. Besides horror, what cat like, it sounds like there was a lot going on. So it's a horror, science, horror sci-fi, horror okay. slash science fiction. So horror with a, with a twist of humor. Yeah, the humor's sprinkled throughout. So the humor's constant. It's just you've got this kind of horror slash ghost story with a sci-fi twist. That's the <laughs> I describe it without giving away too much. But the humor. I mean, we need the humor. You do. And I, and I think it also helps you when you're in any type of horror film and stuff like it kind of grounds you a bit, you know, makes the story flow a, a little easier. OK, so it's the final days for the Blood of, Blood in the Snow Film Festival. Um, but watch out for these films, right? Yep. There's a lot there. And the humor that, that you, you happen to touch on that was, you know, just sprinkled throughout that last film you discussed, Courtney, reminds me. Uh, the final film that we're going to talk about, it's, it's a film that I saw, and uh, it's, uh, it was described to me as a great antidote to the crazy times we're in, the times we're in right now, um, and uh, that person was absolutely correct. 
this is something different. So it's it's a film called Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President. It sounds like, okay, what you know, the name makes no sense, but you hear the, the name Jimmy Carter, former president of the United States, and you think, oh, politics, right? It's like, no, this is going to give you a lot, <laughs> something different. And thankfully, and it, so it's a film by Mary Wharton. It's got a whole bunch of musicians. That's why the rock and roll is in the title. It's got a whole group of musicians. It, these are just a few. Um, and you will pardon me when I groan, when I say Bono, because anything to do with politics, Bono is always there. But it, okay, he's there for good reason. So when you get to that part, just keep watching. Don't groan, but you, you know, like, Willie Nelson, we find out that Willie Nelson's a, a good friend of Jimmy Carter and, and Jimmy Buffett and Bob Dylan. Um, but there's also people like the Almond Brothers and Paul Simon and Aretha Franklin. And like, there's just a whole, because Jimmy Carter, it, it goes over his, his political life, right? And his life to sort of establish him as a t the type of person whose politics started from the person that he was in the communities that he grew up in. And a lot of that revolved around music. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, it started with the music of the church that he was in and that, you know, the greater community. So that it, the film shows that he had a lot of grounding in, in a lot of various church and uh, religious communities, like his, uh, his his church, you know, it was not just white people, that it was like, so he had uh, relationships right from the beginning, you know, with the black community, he was involved. And so from there, like you, you start with, this film sort of starts with sort of personal, and then it sort of elaborates and opens up into discussions of politics, over the last year, political issues over the last years, um, social issues of the last years, because you know it sort of goes in and out of Carter's life, um, in and out as in terms of like he's the source of this discussion, and those discussions go back to him because as president, when he finally becomes president, these are concerns of his, um, you know, helping people. Uh, he that he caring about people and not just about you know people that we know presidents care about now like big business people that Jimmy we know now that Jimmy Carter is still as old as he is he's you know building homes for habitat for humanity you know and that that started in in trying to help communities and trying to help people as a person and then also as president. Right, so there, there's a lot of American history that this goes over, and it's interspersed with uh, a lot of uh, connection to music because musicians helped him get elected, musicians helped him, you know, reach out to communities. They connected him to communities, um, and um, then when he was in the White House, he, you know, he had a very vibrant White House where people came in and out, you know. I can't remember which artist it was, which group, but you know, they they somebody walked into Carter's office, into the Oval Room, and said, um, "Excuse me, um, Mr. Carter, uh, President Carter, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash are here." 
and they would like to meet you. And, you know, it's a, that's a folk group, right? So Carter gets up and, and he goes to talk to them. Like it was a very, it, it gives the impression that this was a very open White House. Um, and uh, it, so it shows you that and the whole, the whole campaign and then the campaign where he lost a second term opportunities to have a second term but I just the film is so lively in the way that it moves and in the way that it, when it stops you know and really tells you uh, what was going on you know it stops and um, and it talks about civil rights it stops and talks about poverty it stops you know it's it, when it does that and then can go back into this more elaborate Feel, but the music is what really binds it, and and the fact that there's a variety of music. This this list that the that I got from the press release is does not describe. I should have been writing down names of people because I was quite you know the range of people. Really, it was really quite telling. It sounds like a very interesting way to introduce people to politics who are more into music and, and vice versa people who are very big in politics and not really into music that's it sounds like a kind of perfect marrying of the of the two yeah absolutely i i think i could see more the people who don't know about music i'm, I'm sorry the people who don't know about politics right? when i look at a title like jimmy carter rock and roll president it's like it's sort of it's sort of been asking me like to to question who who was this? I didn't know. Like I was young when Carter was elected, but I had no sense of what was going on. Right? Um, I knew he was, you know, a Democrat, and I know I knew that he fought for people and cared for people, but I had no idea um, that. And and so you know, like there's a bit, there's a tiny cynical part of me that's always wondering, is this too good to be true? But watching a film like this during a time like this, I don't care. That part of me says, I don't care. Yeah, sometimes you need a political film that actually makes you feel good and not depressed or scared or what have you. Yeah. And, you know, as you say, you know, if it's a, if it's a film that draws people who don't know a lot of, uh, about politics, then good. Because this uh, is more clear-headed. You know, the conversations we're having of it right now, you know, trying to explain uh, Black, right, Black Lives Matter to, to a Republican or to someone who's conservative and immediately their brain has been filled with so much that they, it sparks a bad reaction, right? Um, whereas in this film, it's just sort of, you know, you're talking about people, you're talking about different groups of people. That's that's what we're doing in this film. And that's the way, you know, we, all, we would all, I think, like it to be, mm -hmm. so. And does it bring um, any um, contrast to, I guess, the, what life was like after Carter in terms of the other presidencies and- Yeah, a little bit. their relation to music? Do they touch on that just a little or? Hey, uh, you know, it's sort of, I, I don't know if I wanna, I don't know if this is a film where you could wreck the ending, but it definitely, you know, it definitely makes it clear, you know, that everything's very different now. Different. Okay. And that, um, you know, there's no music in the White House now. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, which is just one of the things that 
tells you what a difference with this presidency. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's commenting on the times and the changes. So, uh, sorry, big sigh. <laughs> when I <laughs> sort of go back into this idyllic past, right? Where the biggest problem is like, why is Bono in this movie again? Yes. You know? <laughs> that sounds like a very interesting movie. You're gonna have to check that one out. And, and you said it's called yeah. Jimmy Carter Rock and Roll. Jimmy Carter Rock and Roll President. It's a films we like film. And the great thing about films we like is they, you know, the films that they release. Uh, you can go to their website, filmswelike.com, and uh, it will tell you about streaming. They have this uh, sort of like the, the film opened in theaters, but when it opens in theaters, uh, they have this system where you can stream it through them and then the money you're paying goes to like geographically wherever you are, right? If uh, If you're in Victoria, it will go to the cinema where they've, opened you know i'm using quote marks here where it opened the film in that cinema because oh, that's very good they technically did not open right but they have a, a relationship with that cinema so this is a good thing yes that's very good and uh, a positive note to to end on this week yes <laughs> one one that we need okay <laughs> okay i'm gonna stop saying <laughs> That's it for Frameline, everybody. Thanks for listening.